Welcome to Make Possible Bite Size, a weekly podcast brought to you by Permutive, championing change in publishing, advertising and beyond. Each episode, we chat to an inspiring guest about their careers, their lives and how they're making change possible. Let's bite right in. Hello everyone, I'm Sarah Kometa, the technical consultant at Permutive. Welcome to Make Possible Bite Size, a podcast series in which inspiring people share how they are championing change and making a real difference in their field. We ask three thought-provoking questions of our guests, and we'll get their answers to you in less than 10 minutes. So on the show today, I'm joined by Jerry Dakin, EMEA Media Director at GSK. He also sits on the WFA's Global Media Board, the steering group for the Global Alliance for Responsible Media. And Jerry is co-chair of the Diversity and Representation Task Force, as well as the ISBA and the Advertising Association's equivalent. So that is a lot of hats that Jerry wears. So we're really excited to have him. Hi, Jerry, how are you doing? Hi, I'll have to try and juggle some of those hats quickly today. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, about that, I think we wanted to just get, like I obviously um, went through your titles, but we'd love to get an intro from you about who you are and what you do at GSK and the Global Alliance for Responsible Media. Yeah, my well, my day job is I lead a, a team of nearly 10 people across the Europe, Middle East and Africa region at GSK at the consumer healthcare part of that business. So we sell Sensodyne and Aquafresh and Voltarol and Panadol and, and, and things you'd get in a supermarket or over the counter. Uh, and I work with that team to try and make sure that the money we spend in media, um, which you know globally we spend one and a half billion pounds, so <laughs> quite a lot, uh, to make sure that the money we spend works as hard as it possibly can, that it uh, helps our brands grow, that it cuts through to consumers and it, and it really, drives a business. Uh, and then as part of that, I, I sit on the World Federation of Advertisers to represent GSK. It's a, as you might guess, a, a group of global advertisers. Um, yeah, and within that, we've been really pushing to, to improve a lot of things in the media supply chain. We've been, um, the things like the Global Alliance for Responsible Media and, and the WFA um, Media Charter. It's, it's all about pushing advertisers to think about where they spend their money uh, and be more, more conscious maybe about where we spend it because it's a, it's a huge amount of money and if it goes to the right places it funds great content great journalism you know really good things and if it goes to the the right the wrong places it starts to fund you know fake news hate speech and and really bad stuff so it's <laughs> driving a business whilst trying to make sure we um do the right thing for the for the wider world that's really cool yeah um you brought up a lot of really interesting points there i think um on that you know you're involved in so many things especially um things that have an impact on you know, whether media is used to fuel good things um, or, or bad bad things in the space, like you, like you said, fake news. I think um, leading into that, we want to sort of go into of all the different um, hats that you wear and uh, organizations you, you're involved in. I'm really curious to find out what you're most proud of that you've achieved so far. Yeah, it's a big question. It probably varies by the week, but um, Last week, um, we just finished doing something called the Advertising Awards, um, which I helped host and organize. And so I think that's kind of top of my mind at the moment. And Advertising is an organization that supports LGBTQ plus people working in advertising, but also encourages the industry to be more positively representative in, in the content it makes. So, um, you know, including people from diverse, you know, gender and sexual backgrounds in their adverts and doing so in, in like a positive way that avoids stereotypes. And the awards, they were, they were kind of an award show. They were more just like a sort of live event with panels and education and inspiration. Um, and it was really 
it was good to be able to, in, in, in a challenging year, to be able to celebrate some of the good stuff that is still happening. Like originally the award should have been face-to-face, -face, should have been uh, like a you know, big live celebration. We obviously were, they were virtual, but we still managed to celebrate some really great work. And in fact, from around the world, like a, an advert from uh, or campaign from Sprite in Argentina won one of the awards. Um, and actually the, the brand of the year was McCain's Oven Chips right, right here in the UK. So a real range. And yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of, not, I mean, there's a whole team of people who helped pull that off. Um, but it was, it was a fantastic moment. We had over 200 people join live, which is, which is good in these strange, strange times. Uh, yeah, so very, very proud of that at the moment. And it, it, the content will be available to watch again. So you can, you know, follow advertising and you should be able to find it. <laughs> That's really cool, I think. Um, so how do you feel that these awards or, or in general, like your work within that organization is actually um, impacting change? Um, in representation and what does that mean for you know people that are underrepresented right now in media? Yeah, I, I, as we pointed out, I do wear a lot of hats and I think it's, it's I mean, okay. I mean, I wish there were some more people wearing some of them. I'm, I'm happy to share my hats around, but ultimately a lot of these things, it's just about raising awareness and making people think about it. Like most people working in our industry aren't deliberately trying to fund hate speech. They aren't deliberately excluding minorities from their adverts. They just sort of don't realize that it's happening or don't, think about it and it's kind of a lot of unconscious bias and so I mean obviously this year has has been a year where we've become much more conscious about these things you know Black Lives Matter and all those kind of movements and and, and challenge I, I think Covid has probably been a catalyst to that just you know making us look long and hard at ourselves um, and I think it is it is important it's you know thinking about and talking about this stuff is is not how you completely solve it but it's certainly the start and I think getting more advertisers to be conscious that hang on a second um, I do need to think about this. I do need to build it into my briefs. I do need to ask my agencies. You know, that's how we trickle change right down through the, through the industry and then, and then celebrate the guys who are doing it well. It's like always something I found really funny when I was reading advertiser briefs. It's like, we're looking for men, you know, that are, have a certain education that, you know, have this kind of family life. The profiles are always so very much like generic and easily skewed towards a specific. Yeah. There's something about the whole advertising process. I mean, inevitably when you're, you know, you're trying to advertise to a large chunk of the UK population or, or wherever in the world you are, you know, you, you boil people down into these sort of very generic um, pen portraits or, or views of a consumer, which, you know, are an essential part of the marketing process to kind of get your head around an average customer. But if all you ever think is average, you lose all the interest, all the fantastic stories, all the insights that come from looking at some of the people who are a bit outside of average. And obviously you, you A, still want to talk to those people. You, you want to make sure your adverts talk to a broader range of people. And actually there are often more interesting stories to tell, like, you know, people who, who are less average are by default more interesting, have different perspectives, maybe more like to help your advertising cut through. Yeah. Don't you feel that, like, I think one thing that's come to light lately is that your advertising is less effective when you boil people down into those groups. So you're missing out on valuable customers when yeah. you're very narrow in your targeting. There's def definitely a lot of evidence that um, sort of more progressive, more diverse, adverts um you know both from a media and a creative perspective um are, are more impactful yet yeah, on the targeting if you get really narrow really specific about who you want to talk to actually there are lots of people who who maybe don't look like you think they would but still want to buy your products uh, and from a content perspective you know absolutely there's there's so much advertising and content out there if you just create something that's kind of the most talks to the average person in, in an average way you're probably not going to stand out as much as you'd like to so it's a it's a good challenge to look for some deeper and, and more curveball insights.
Yeah, definitely. Um, so kicking off on another question I have is, um, what has been your guiding light slash philosophy so far when you've been working with these groups, um, specifically in making things possible to bring it back to the theme of the podcast? Yeah, and I, I think we, we probably share this passion, but for me, you make things possible and making them understandable and simple because, you know, a lot of what we're talking about here, you know, for instance, that the media and why we fund the wrong stuff, um, it's to do with like complimatic, com complimatic? Uh, <laughs> maybe I should start that bit again. Uh, I'll, I'll answer that question again. What's the word? Complimatic? Complimentary? Yeah, I think it's... Um, my, my guiding star, and I think, you know, we, we share a bit of this passion, is that to, to make stuff change, to make stuff possible, you have to make stuff simple and understandable. And like, so a lot of what we're talking about here, um, for instance, the media side is, is quite complex. It's like complex programmatic, it's DSPs, SSPs. You start talking about stuff that, you know, frankly, the key decision makers probably don't understand in much detail and it's not their job to understand. And if you're not careful, our industry overwhelms people with, you know, acronyms and complexity when actually it's, it's kind of simple the way you can break it down. And I've been, you know, my whole, you know, past decade plus of my career, I've kind of, I've run this blog I call Digital Sense. And in my, uh, in my working environment, I've always focused on how you make stuff simple, how you, you know, you take the complexity of like, oh, social media is emerging as this like really interesting but complex new space for marketers. Well, how do you make it simple to them to understand so that they know which are the kind of the old rules of marketing they can still apply and, you know, they don't get overwhelmed by what's new and what's different and what's crazy. I think that's a real challenge to, to people working in digital and media and the more technical side of, of whatever industry you work in. How do you make what you're doing, which is very technical and you absolutely need to understand that, but how do you make people who don't have that same level of technical detail understand enough so that the kind of the senior stakeholders can make the decisions and, and drive the change you want to happen? Yeah, but I totally agree with that. I think what I find to be the most insane is how people um, will actually use buzzwords almost intentionally to overwhelm their audience and sort of bamboozle them into some sort of targeting that doesn't actually make sense. And so I get, I always tell people um, ad tech isn't um, hard, it's just confusing. Like it's not rocket yeah. science, but it's so confusing with the different terminology. And if you can just be really simple, like when you apply this kind of targeting, this is the impact of it and speak in like human language rather than yeah you know that bid request rare in the ad tech industry i think sometimes but i think it's, it's fantastic that you and the team are bringing that because that, that's exactly what marketers need they kind of they know their marketing objectives they know they want to get to they know that there's all sorts of crazy complicated stuff out that might help them achieve it uh, and if you can help them in a sort of human and simple way understand what's what um you're much more likely to to get someone to to do it and to drive change and if, yeah, if you if you bamboozle them with like complicated words, which, you know, sound clever in the meeting, but when they when they leave the room, they're just a bit confused and don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> um, well, so because we have a time limit, I think that's all we have time for today. Um, but I was so excited speaking to you. Um, and thank you so much for your time. And I think that concludes today's version of um, Make Possible Bite Size. Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.